Welcome to the Insider World Building Podcast, the place to experience life in another dimension, told from the perspective of a visitor to that dimension. I'm Fox Keys. That visitor is me. That dimension is called Dunaree. And I have lived here since I was tricked into passing through an interdimensional gateway just after my 14th birthday. Not only do I wish to share the story of how I survive in Dunaree, I hope my experiences and how I was taught to understand this world may help you build your own unique secondary world. In this episode, I experienced utter isolation in Dunaree. I examined the relationship between isolation and world building and the strange but true tells the story of the Lavun Guild's disastrous attempt to introduce a instant isolation spell to the people of the City of Bones. This episode is sponsored by Island Fire, the distillers of the finest fire water from the Northern Isles. Because it is matured for 50 years in special bone casks, Island Fire is expensive. So expensive, in fact, I'd never spend the money on it. They offered Dan Hook a free bottle for this episode's sponsorship rights. He wanted it. I wanted it. So, here we are. This episode is sponsored by Island Fire, creators of the finest fire water from the Northern Isles. I'll let you know next time how it tastes. Now, on with my story. I knew something was wrong when I woke at 7.52 and the bed was still comfortable. You see, those days, due to the fact that I slept in a sentient bed, my idea of a lie-in was the last precious minutes before 7am. After 7, the bed would toss me out of it. Now it was 7.52 and the bed was warm and cosy and quiet. Anxiety fluttered through my stomach. In a world where everything could potentially kill me, I had developed a healthy suspicion of anything out of the ordinary. At this hour of the morning, a restful, calm bed was certainly out of the ordinary. Had my watch broken? Was it my birthday? Or was today some special lunary holiday and this was a surprise treat to lie in bed? No, my watch was still ticking and unless I had slept for over ten months, it wasn't my birthday. And had it been a special dunary holiday, the cat or the stick would surely have mentioned it many times. They loved talking about holidays, though they never seemed to take any anyway. Actually, I had no clue how Shiny Top, or any ghost for that matter, could take a holiday. But that was irrelevant right then. I was more worried about the bed. I said, Shiny Top, what time is it? My words echoed off into silence. Now, this was really odd. Normally, Shiny Top would be waiting for me to wake so he could start chatting. No reply was uttered in a restful bed. I opened my eyes. Shiny Top wasn't even there. Hello, I told, swinging myself out of bed. 
Is anybody there? I distinctly remember hearing the thud of my heartbeat against my chest then. I mentioned this because I had never heard it sound like a distant, rhythmic banging before. It sounded like a fist banging against the wooden door. I didn't call out again. I was afraid of what might answer. Had some terrible disaster occurred in the compound? Had the fortress been invaded? Was I dreaming? Mum had told me a few times that you cannot see yourself in a mirror during a dream. So, just to be sure, I checked myself in the mirror. I looked scared. I put on my Iron Maiden t-shirt. If there was anything waiting outside, the sight of Eddie the Head's grizzly skull might rattle it enough to give me a few seconds to bolt. Leaving my room, I headed for the kitchen. The echoes of my footsteps sounded louder that morning, and the way they carried off ahead of me made the corridors feel longer and emptier. The stairs felt steeper too, and when I reached the kitchen, it was abandoned. A letter sat beside a loaf of Shell Valley bread. It was a full loaf, I will add, which only increased my suspicions, because I usually only got a few slices every morning. The note said, We have left for today to entertain ourselves. The compound is yours. All doors are unlocked. The protection spells are deactivated, but only for you. The compound will react to anybody else. Enjoy your day. Although I recognised Ganthook's handwriting, I wished he had signed it. Leaving it bare made it sound impersonal. Another sign of how he distanced himself from me. Nevertheless, a surge of elation rushed through me. I was alone. I had the compound to myself. I could do whatever I wanted. Disappointment soon edged out the elation. All my friends had gone off to do something and left me alone. It was the first time I had been utterly alone since I had arrived in Dunaree. Didn't my friends care about that? Suddenly, the world with all its silence felt unreal, like I really, really was dreaming. I had seen the science fiction movie once, about a woman who went into a coma after a bad accident. She inhabited a crazy fantasy world within the coma, a kind of living dream created by our mind to occupy our thoughts while she recovered. And... As she recovered, the fantasy world of the characters within it disappeared bit by bit. Was something similar happening to me as I suffered some dreadful accident in Dublin and I was in a coma and doing a read with some figment of my imagination? And now all the characters were disappearing and soon the world would disappear and I would wake up in a hospital with a bunch of nurses and doctors and my parents clustered around me. Just one good look around the kitchen convinced me I wasn't in a coma. No mind, conscious or subconscious, could have created as weird a place as this. Just to be sure I wasn't dreaming, though, I had to find something, even if it was only a cat ghost, to talk to. I went down to the entrance leading to the Seventh Relic Complex. Ghost Cat number seven was always there, guarding that bloody red door. 
I'd fallen into the habit of visiting her when I needed to get away from the others. There was something relaxing about the interplay between her and her loose pole that intrigued me. The corridor was empty. The door was there, of course. But no cat. And even if Ganthuk's note said I could go where I liked, I wasn't going to try to pass through that door. Because my ghost might be the next ghost assigned to guard it. I searched the compound for the next hour, but didn't find as much as a scrappy ghost cat to talk to. Even the recycling room is empty. I got so lonely, I almost entered the space, just to hear a few of those Lavun advertising spells chattering away. I'll admit, it was a shock to be abandoned. It was a shock to be isolated. But it forced me to think about things. Well, as I wore the soles of my shoes out, wandering the compound looking for someone or something to talk to, I thought a lot about what was going on. Not only had I been given the freedom to do what I wanted, I'd been allowed to view Dunery entirely from my perspective. There was no cat or stick or spirit to tell me what was what. I had to make up my own mind about things. Oddly, this made me feel simultaneously dumb and smart. Dumb, because I realised that I didn't really know what anything around me was. And smart, because I was actually handling it. I hadn't cracked up. I hadn't run screaming into the street. The isolation also made me realise that nobody in Dunery was obliged to help me. They would mean nothing. But I, however, owed them everything. Instead of me being a normal person in an alien world, I realised that I was the alien in everybody else's normal world. Perhaps, instead of moaning about being abandoned when my friends returned, I could show them some appreciation for all the help they were giving me. And the only way I could do that was to cook them something. I returned to the kitchen. Although I could have cooked up some exotic brogant or City of Bones recipe, I found enough normal vegetables and a bit of meat for a Dunery version of an Irish stew. It felt right. It felt like I was giving them something from my world. I opened the kitchen door to allow the smell of it waft into the hole and greet my friends when they returned. As night fell and the stew bubbled away, I went out into the courtyard. A yellow slip of a moon was high over the rail tower. It was our moon. The real moon, I mean. The same moon I'd so often studied through my telescope back home. Well, while home felt ever so far away, looking at the moon always reminded me that home was closer than I thought. I sat watching the moon and thought about my parents and waited for the other to come home. Some context on isolation. Isolation is not the happiest subject to discuss. It is essential, however. If you want to fully immerse yourself in building your amazing world, you need to experience all the emotions connected to it. That might sound strange. Isolate yourself. Why? Maybe it's not strange but it is uncomfortable. Everyone experiences isolation. Humans are as much social animals as solitary ones. 
when you're in your creative process, you are mostly alone. You need to be. Otherwise, the process isn't yours. It's diluted. It's just you and your world. You spend much of your time in your fantasy world. That's about as isolating as things can get. And even if you try to explain your world to other people, it's more than likely they won't get it until you have a finished product. And even then, they might not found as interesting anyway. When you are in your world, you are exploring your imagination. It is a place you populate with the most amazing things and people. But it can be lonely. The only support you can create for your characters, and yourself, in your world, comes from your perspective. That's how originality forms. When I have been doing a re, even with friends, I can still feel incredibly isolated at times. It's a different dimension. Who wouldn't feel isolated? To immerse yourself in your world, you need to feel the strangeness of the world, all the elements that make it unique. Whatever form the world takes, be it a game, art or fiction, it's your vision, nobody else's. When you are exploring your world, what do you hear beyond the echoes of your footsteps? Think of a time you felt isolated, going to a new school, starting a new job, being home alone or wandering in wilderness. Everyone experiences isolation at times, and isolation is a fantastic way to train your imagination. If you want to experience instant isolation, for example, just pop in earplugs. Voila, the world has changed. Everything is muffled. You get disorientated. For a deeper experience, you don't need to travel 10 million light years to another planet or live like a hermit, depending on your friends, to leave food outside your cave every day. Just find a quiet place in nature. Maybe begin in a forest. This is another world. A place that belongs to other creatures. Animals, birds, insects. And maybe a leprechaun or a pixie as well. Your arrival will have disturbed this world. But as you settle yourself, the world will settle around you. Study your surroundings. Be aware that you are being watched. Actually, everything is watching you. Because you are in their world. You are a potential danger. How isolating is that? Or if the weather is bad, find a basement, a church or an abandoned building. It doesn't matter where it is as long as it's silent. Allow your mind to adapt to the silence. You are utterly alone, cut off from your normal day-to-day world. Once you have mostly eliminated your own world, you are in a blank world. Look out the window, look at the door, look into the shadows. If this was your secondary world, what could be there? Only don't get too relaxed. If you fall asleep and dream strange dreams, you'll get a shock when you don't awaken in your own bed. And again, this could be a good thing. There's nothing like a good shock to get your imagination churning. And you don't need to be alone to experience isolation. It can also be very, very isolating to be in a crowd or to experience a different culture. Why not step outside your comfort zone? Your social comfort zone, I mean. Go to a music event, preferably by a band you don't even like or don't even know who is all around you. Another tribe, 
that's who. You'll be surrounded by a bunch of people who, right then, have absolutely nothing in common with you. That's isolating. But it is also stimulating. It makes you adapt your thinking and how you react to what you're experiencing. Being isolated, of course, can be a negative experience too. Have you ever been frozen out by friends? Or been deliberately isolated, perhaps online? Or been downright ignored by someone in a shop? These are horrible experiences. They're also experiences that can be used in your world building to create different scenes and characters and introduce things that everybody will relate to. Isolation can be beautiful too. It can suggest things to you. Encourage your imagination to create by filling the isolation with positive things. At the end of the day, there's really nothing like a bit of alone time. Sometimes, whenever the world around us gets too much, our imaginations are the best place to retreat into. Now for a bit of strange but true. Some people like the rush and buzz and grind of the city. Others hate it. But everybody needs a break from it, though. But how? It's not easy to escape the city for a few hours, if all the time you have to relax is the few hours you'll waste trying to get out of the city. True, you can take a holiday, but that's only a few times a year. But what about a method of providing daily relaxation time? The finest business minds have pondered this problem for centuries. Countless solutions have been developed, with mixed results. Perhaps the oddest and riskiest of these solutions was the instant isolation spell, developed by none other than the Lavun Guild. The Guild had been experimenting on a method for their members to take short isolation breaks of 20 to 30 minutes to recharge their brains. Instant isolation, which was triggered by a Lavun spell, sealed the user off from the world, utterly. They were sealed within an energy bubble and a world blocked from their senses. This proved so successful in lowering stress and elevating productivity among their members that Levun Guild created a commercial version of instant isolation. This was the first and the last time the Guild experimented with a commercial activity. While they claimed that instant isolation would benefit the general population, they clearly saw a pot of gold at the end of their magical rainbow too. And while, theoretically, instant isolation was a great product, they neglected to properly test it. As everybody knows, every Levun Guild property is protected and treated with a variety of Levun spells to safeguard and provide stability within them. The nature of working and experimenting with Levun demanded this. This also applied to the homes of most of their members. Instant isolation worked fine in these environments. Outside these environments, after their commercial product launched, however, strange things happened. Initially, because the guild was so respected, instant isolation was a huge success. Everybody wanted it. But the first reports of trouble came within days. To get away from her noisy kids, a woman immersed herself in instant isolation. But this 
Well, sucked her kids into the energy bubble too. An utter mayhem ensued until the 30-minute spell time was up. Numerous cases were logged of the insta isolation, overrunning its allotted 30 minutes, thus saving people in for many hours. This led to countless burned dinners, missed appointments and other accidents. A few bodily function accidents were also reported, although the number of these cases is presumed to be much higher on account of the sufferer being too embarrassed to report it. After a week, the Levun Guild recalled all the spells and spent the next few months discreetly paying compensation by pretending nothing had happened. To ensure nothing ever happened like that again, the authorities rushed through a law forbidding any guild from experimenting with commercial products. That, of course, didn't apply to any retired guild members, and rumours now abound that a new version of instant isolation would soon be available on the black market. Strange indeed, but very, very true. That's it for this episode of the Insider World Building Podcast. Next time I tell you how the weather can get really weird in this place, I discuss how weather can enhance your world building, and the strange but true relates how the Storm Shadow weather-based theme park came into existence. Before I go, please remember that this episode is sponsored by Island Fire, distillers of the finest fire water from the Northern Isles. Matured in special bone casks for 50 years, Island Fire is guaranteed to tingle your palate and knock your socks off. I got a free bottle just for saying that. Hurrah! I'll let you know next time how it tastes, if I can remember. Bye for now, or as we say in Dunery, Dravik. Oh, <laughs> 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 <